working out. Yeah, the windscreen. That's called the dead kitty. <laughs> I see it. Yeah. I can see it. I like it. Yeah, it's good. The working. Oh, that's right. You shoved that in Tim Schafer's face. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I've been watching Double Fine Adventure. Yeah. And I never saw it. It's entertaining enough. It's kind of interesting I have to see the, his process. The Blu-ray set. Yeah. He. Uh, the thing I found most interesting is like to actually write the the story and to write the whole like concept of the game. He just forces himself to sit down and stream of consciousness write in notebooks for days oh. until like days, like you know, five hour days of just sitting there and writing and like not stopping, not stopping through it, even if it's like makes no sense or terrible or like. He, he showed some pages where he was just thinking of titles for the game that doesn't exist. So he pulled out the Grim Fandango book, and there were like pages and pages of just him working on titles until one page where you flip it, and there was a giant Grim Fandango in huge letters underlined. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, right, I God. did it. Yeah. I did it. So it's to, to see his process with that is super interesting. That sounds like a really tough way to do it. Like you have to psych yourself up to do that i think it gets around writer's block though i'm sure you know you power through you push through the other side if you find out what's there. yeah if you're on a uh, a deadline you know where yeah. it's like we have to get this game made in two months i have to write it in two days or something like i don't know what other choice you'd have yeah that's pretty crazy yeah no. kim and i were gonna watch it and then we just haven't gone back to it because i haven't been home it's, very much. it's long like if this were like a, a actual documentary instead of like a kickstarter documentary yeah. showing the process it would have been the same stuff boiled down to like three hours, but Instead now like it's like 22. 20 hours. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I'm very curious though. Cause I've never seen that. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting for that, especially knowing where the game ended up. And you I know. don't. Oh, you never played it? No. Oh, you told me I could skip it. Yeah. Just like armor Krog. Uh, it's much better than armor Krog. Yeah. Well, the art looks incredible. And you know, looking back in hindsight and actually looking through what the process was, I have slightly more appreciation. I like the first half so much better. That's what I've heard. Yeah, so much better. The last, the end is, is that's when it, I think I told you that right after beating the end, and I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just kind of like, he ran out of steam right in that, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, I assume you want to talk about video games. Oh, yeah, I guess. Let's, oh, really? Oh, Again? Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about well, video Well, this is games. another. Is this twenty five? I don't know. Another. Welcome to another episode of Wazd. I am Joey. I am Ari. We're going to talk about video games. Yeah. So you're in. You were still talking about like, Double Fine. Yeah. Welcome to Wazd Pod. Indie games curated. Curated indie games. Curated indie games. Um. Yeah. I was. We were just talking about. Did you kickstart it? Double Fine. Yeah, I did. Um, I did not. Because I was super pumped, like everyone else, yeah, just that yeah. they would have Tim Schafer and Ron Gilbert making another. And it, it, I was not disappointed that I kickstarted it. Mm-hmm. It was cool that they made it. Did you watch some of that stuff as it was coming? No, I didn't watch any of it. Oh. Yeah. I just didn't have time for that shit. Yeah. The shit, man. Yeah, shit. shit. But shit. You, you watched the Amnesia Fortnites. Yeah, I watched all those. I got those on disc, too. Those are fun. I think those are more fun to watch. Because it's more crazy and fast. <laughs> They're just panicked. Yeah. <laughs> so much panic. And the idea is some of them are so bad. <laughs> like, really? That's what people greenlit? Mm-hmm. And uh, then some of them are so cool. And then they made them into real games and they weren't as good. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still glad they made them. I'm gl- yeah, I like that it ha- exists and that it happens. I tried playing Hack and Slash. 
Oh, I have that. I haven't played it. <laughs> it's not that fun. Yeah. But it's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. There's been multiple games where they've tried to do... Your ha- you have to hack the actual game, or you can hack the actual game to get forward through the game. Mm-hmm. And I've just never... It's never as fun as the idea is cool. Yeah. Well, there's that game Hack Mud, which I also have but have not played, which is... A mud? It's set up like an old-style mud, but there's legit coding yeah. in it and so i think there's like a couple hours like single player intro to tutorial it. of learning the language yeah and like you're actually coding shit but then you get into a multiplayer like the world of it yeah and apparently this is the story that goes around from it is that somebody wrote a script that every i think day or week whenever it is there's a cash injection into the universe oh. for the game so it's just inflation just kicks up well, no, this the... somebody wrote a thing that lets them siphon out all that money before anyone else. So there's like one player that has 70% of the wealth <laughs> in the game because he's like actually doing the coding for it. So that doesn't seem fun. Well, it sounds awesome that it exists, but I've heard that beginning part is very cool too. Yeah. So I, I still want to try it, but I just... Did you ever read that Neil Stephenson book, Reemdy? Reemdy? Reemd, like, it's read me, but mixed up a little. Oh, no. Oh, it's about uh, MMORPG, where it's like people hold uh, real-life people money hostage, or, like, their accounts hostage, and they have to, like, deposit money in the game. And so then there's just, like, this big pit of physical money, like, not real money in, trapped in this game. Okay. And, like, everyone in the world now has, like, put a bullseye on these people because they're trying to get that gold oh that's it's, interesting. it's an interesting thing yeah it's, there's more depth to that that's like a very shitty <laughs> okay description of it but it was kind of interesting i've never been able to like get into any neil stevenson i haven't even read snow crash oh really they're yeah. fun yeah that's what i've heard they're just they're not like amazing but they're fun mm-hmm. cryptonomicon was awesome it's such a good name yeah and it's all about cryptography you have to like nerd in super oh, hard that sounds good though. it's super fun well speaking of books this is a good segue because I haven't been playing a lot of shit because I haven't been home before 9 p.m. most nights. But <laughs> Humble uh, brag. Yeah, no, not because I'm partying. <laughs> Woo, sitting at my desk by myself. Woo. Uh, yeah, my jacket's just full of tear stains. Um, so I've listened through the entirety of Masters of Doom. Doom. Which is the story of Id. And Carmack. Carmack and Romero. Uber, Uber nerd Carmack. Um... Autistic Carmack <laughs> is what it sounds like to me. Um, and then I segue directly from that into Empire of Imagination, which I've also finished, which is the story of Gary Gygax. Oh, cool. So it was kind of interesting going from... Uh, Gygax Mas- of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, correct, yes. Uh, that, was, it's actually very more closely related than it seems. Um, it would have been better to listen to him the other way. Well, what was the, there was like 15 years in between the two? Between the two. Because Gygax was in the 70s. Late 70s. And then Id was like late uh, 80s? Uh, early 90s. So, yeah. Yeah. It's but, like well. 10 to 15 years between. Quake. Yeah. Doom. And Daikatana <laughs> are all things that came from id's collective D campaigns wow yeah so like they were so there's like a, a hell D campaign with well like it was a uh john carmack's was the dm and he like designed this world or whatever yeah 
And a lot of the concepts in those things are directly from the game they played for years. Like, cause they, when they started almost lived in like a band house cause they it was very small scope and they would all go out to this lake house place and work, but they would also hang out cause there was only, you know, four of them or whatever. Cause you could make a game with four people yeah. in the early nineties. And that was when they were working on uh Wolfenstein 3d. So it was crazy to hear that all this stuff came from like what they did in their leisure time and then has become doom has become quake um you know kind of an offshoot of it not necessarily a one-for-one analog of what those things were in their D game but so it's kind of like how the last witch hunter was made off vin right, diesel's right. D character well it was it's it's funny too because at the end of empire imagination like they, it goes up through his death, uh, Gary Gax's death, and then it talks about the lasting legacy, and they bring up id, and how like they were inspired by it. And I just finished going through Masters of Doom. Did Gygax? Did he have a really sad like? Was he screwed by a partner who stole everything? Who was like better at business? <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like wasn't there like that kind of story? It kinda. Yeah. Um. The first of all, the book is is fairly well written. The audiobook is a fucking chore to get through. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't listened to a lot of books that have lighthearted moments in them. Yeah. But the the reader is he like very mouth breather? No, it, it's it's the G is what made my life <laughs> what it is today. No, the the I think the guy reading it is the brother of the author. Okay, and he's got an awesome voice, but he would try to play up the moments of levity by adding these like. And then he was in it. Like, oh God! <laughs> like he would do like a you chuckle. Get so excited about what he's gonna read. It's gonna be funny. Guys. No, no, not even that. He would just try to like help the content into being lighthearted by adding this like little chuckle underneath it, and it fucking drove me crazy. So you think it was intentional? You don't think he was really? Oh yeah, cracking no, hundred percent. Like, like <laughs> come on, guys, this is gonna be good. No, no, because it sounds so fake. Oh, but it drove me crazy, Yeesh. and um. The real quick, the story is that he created the game with a couple other people, formed TSR. It got huge. He went out to Hollywood, was like living it up, and you know, cocaine and women and all this stuff. And uh, back in the company proper, it was like hem- hemorrhaging money because like people were starting to finally make their own versions. It's like the exact same thing as uh, Atari. Sounds like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, new Nolan Bushnell. Um, but the the dude he brought in initially to fund making the first white box, yeah, brought in like his cousin or something. So it was the two Bloom, or his brother maybe. So it was two Bloom brothers and Gary. Yeah, and then they eventually started to hate each other. And the brothers the, or Gary and the Gary brother. and the brothers, yeah. and then it's it's really fucked up because. Gary out in Hollywood made a contact with somebody whose sister was a business oriented person who he's like, Hey, you want to invest? And she was like, no, but put me on the board and I'll get a feel for the company. And then she was the one that ended up stealing st- it all, stealing it all. Cool. Yeah. Um, so Gary like spent the most of his life after that, he started a company that went under, but he like made a couple more game systems and then TSR kept suing him every cool. time he brought out a new one. And then at one point he called and he's just like, "All right, let's talk." And then TSR bought one of his things 
instead of suing him. So he's yeah. like, a million dollars, it's yours, take it, whatever. And then, like, every time he came up with a new thing. He'd just have to sell it to them. Pretty much. Yeah, it's a bummer. So he was, like, essentially held hostage by the thing that he made. But one of the reasons why I think it went that way is because he was kind of a pecker mm. to all those people going up to it. So yeah. it wasn't like he was, oh, golly gee, guys. He was like, this is my fucking thing, and I really like the thing I made. It's probably also like one of those stories like McDonald's where it's like, yeah, the people got fucked, but without the fucker doing the fucking, it never would have like disseminated into the culture as widely as it is. Like You need the business dickheads to like make it big, and Gygax probably never could have done that himself. Well, I think when he got fucked over, it was already big because he was out in la like getting business meetings for movies and tv shows cocaine cocaine and high right or high malibu houses with prostitutes people yeah strippers yeah doing coke off boobs it's it's fascinating i recommend masters of doom more than empire imagination um but both were pretty great looks at this so i was actually i got this it's a quadrology of ebooks that goes through the RPG business uh, decade by decade. Oh, interesting. 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. Mm. So I'm sure there's going to be some overlap, but it's crazy to me going back to Masters of Doom to Empire of Imagination, how small the people were when like they made something that became what it is now. Like Doom, what it is now, was initially made by two programmers, a sound person, and an artist. Like, that's crazy to me. Gary Gygax made the first chain mail, which turned into D&D, in his, in his living room. I believe that. Yeah, stapling's yeah. just... But that's just... It's awesome to me that things like that can happen. I would love to write a book that was, like, a fake history of, like, a Nolan Bushnell or a Gary Gygax, mm-hmm. and where it's just, like... It seems pretty straight, you know, and it's like that you can write that story in like two days because it's the same story over and over yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. But like, and like, and Gary ran into Steve Jackson at one point, called him a cunt, <laughs> and two days later, like, you know, like Steve Jackson formed a business. Yeah, like, little anecdotes about being in the seventies and then the eighties of like this just asshole maniac who's made this like super nerd thing and yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. Uh, matter of factly about, and you know, it's the system that we're all in love with today. You know, and like, there's well, a lot of like, if Gary Gygax weren't dead, I would have been like, he just is writing this because he really wants to give him a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what it feels like. Yeah. So uh, speaking of RPGs, I saw there was a new Monera game. Oh, the Tides of whatever. Yeah, I think it looks a lot like Shadowrun. Is that actually? Th- yeah, then, I th- I think how could it not be? Because I remember seeing that on other stuff. Like that is a generic fantasy term. Numenera? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's that'd be shocking to me. It sounds so I know. <laughs> specific and then it even looked like somewhat magic-y but also somewhat future. I, there is one that I believe is tied into the, RPG the Monty books? Cook RPG. But I But believe, not that one? It might be that one. Okay, cuz it looked it was like isometric yeah, uh, tactics looking game, like that straight CRPG. Yeah, I don't, I don't have technology out here, but like I, I haven't looked at. That All right, I'll look into that. Yeah, follow up on that. That's that'd be shock. I was like excited. I was like, finally, they're doing something with Numenera that I can play because I'm not gonna like 
get six people together to play through a campaign on well, that. Why not? I have the books. Because <laughs> there's just the two of us, Joey. So we can we make it that. if we We're try. not going to like two-person pen and paper RPG that. We can make it if we try. Plus, I'm not going to show up half the times. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that tends to be how those work. <laughs> that's how they always work. Uh, One uh, of us has to start flaking. <laughs> uh, I, I dibs on flaker <laughs> as soon as we get going. I'm going to be the one who spends the hours doing the DM work, and you could be the one who flakes. <laughs> Perfect. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, um, we still got to do Dungeon Crawl Classics, though, because that seems fun. It seems doable. And it's not as, like, acty. I've heard of a couple different people um, just talking to who said that they've been able to create, like, one-off campaigns, just have five people sit down for, like, four hours. Oh, and then it's over? And then it's just over. Yeah, yeah. That's what that would be more... That seems more self-contained like that. That, I think, is so much more doable these days, unless you did something like the online... um, you know, uh, managers for oh, oh, pen and paper managers, like D twenty or something, yeah, yeah, something like that. That stuff, it's just, it's very cool, but I feel like it's almost more work because you have to get all your shit into the system. Yeah, there should be templates you should just pop up. There's some, but it's you know, I guess you lose the whole dungeon master aspect then. Well, no, it's just it's tougher to roll with nonsense. Oh. So you like you it's have not to, as flexible. Yeah, yeah. Because you have to prepare a map. Yeah. So if someone's like, "I want to go to this place," and you're in like a big open town, that means you'd have to have every place in the town locked and loaded. Well, there's still a tabletop simulator, right? That we've never like I've I've messed around with it, but I've never actually played a game, a full thing. We should try it. I know we've, but it's, Scythe is in it. I picked it up. Uh, maybe three months ago again, just to look at what's improved. Mm-hmm. It's a lot different now. Is it good? They kept working on it. I think it's much better. Plus, they're working on VR capability. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. Yeah. So, you know, you can reach over with one of those Vive remotes, Vive modes, or no whatever they're shit. called, and just pick up pieces <gasps> and move them around. <gasps> yeah. It's And since you're just sitting there looking at a table, you're not going to get nauseous. It's like perfectly built. So if you have two people playing one of those things, yeah, that'd be perfect. It's like free unlimited games. I can't believe the hammer hasn't fallen on it yet. <laughs> no, they I think they have because they were now they had a lot more licensed games to sell. Those are like add-ons that have the f- real artwork, but people were still able to make their own. And there was another like tabletop simulator type thing. I saw that where Tabletopia. Tabletopia, yeah, where they're just purely no mods, just selling um It's a subscription. Yeah. So it's tabletop simulator where you can pay, I think it's four ninety nine a month, and then you get access a library, uh, yeah, to yeah. a library. But it's it's only the real stuff. It's like only yeah, you know, Pandemonium or whatever mm-hmm. games that uh, fi- pandemic fantasy, was that what that was? I was no Pandasaurus is what I was thinking oh, of, okay. <laughs> and then like fantasy flight games. It's not like Jim made a knockoff of right. Othello. It's and the real stuff. It. Yeah, yeah. It seems good. Like I kind of like that idea. It's just the subscription's a kind of a bummer. Yeah. But if it was like pay a dollar per game, I'd be a lot micro, more. You'd rather microtransaction it? For that type of thing. Yeah. Because then you pick exactly what you want. Right. And you can play it six years from now, where subscription, it's not going to exist in six years because it's probably going to go under and then you're going to lose everything. <laughs> sure. Uh, all right. Well, that's a good video game chat. <laughs> what have you been playing outside <laughs> from that? <laughs> Uh, I started up actually yesterday. I've, I'm pretty excited about it, which is, I'll talk about it, but I haven't played it that much, but you turned me on to it like a year ago and then I never played it. Cool. And yesterday I was like, ah, eh, 
Oh, fire it up. Yeah. And it's the swindle. I know oh, you had problems fun. with it. Yeah. But I thought it was really freaking cool. I can see how it might get a little repetitive and um, it might exhaust what it is. Yeah. But I thought it was so damn cool. Mm-hmm. It's it's steampunk, uh, cybercrime hacking in it. And there's like, you're a thief infiltrating and just taking money. It's not like the most in-depth thieving it's not super stealthy it's holding y at a terminal yeah 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 it's holding or pressing up and down occasionally the hack stuff oh right right and there's like an rpg element where you can like upgrade different uh trees of abilities with the money that you get mm-hmm. and get better and better and you but it's like the gameplay is not you're you're running around hitting cops when they turn their backs there's like view cones right that's how they they have view cones and there's robots that have bigger ones and there's but man is it a cool it's like awesome art really slick the world is so cool like the the whole conceit is that like scotland yard's building this like super robot who's gonna like be able to shut down all thieving because it's gonna be all knowing yeah and so you're trying to steal it that's the swindle that's the you're leveling up for that end end caper and so you have to like you have you have a hundred days because that's when it's gonna be built and each mission is one day which is a cool. That's so stressful. It is, but it, it's but it's great. Hundred it's, days, like yeah. it gives you a lot of play before you get. I didn't there. make it. I I mean I'm only on day like ninety, you know, or yeah. something like eighty five. But uh, I had to start over. Oh yeah, I the first five days were just wasted. Yeah, because I didn't understand the game. Because you could get busted and you have to bail, and then you just wasted a day. Yeah. But I yeah, it's it's a very cool idea, but like control wise, I feel like it was just shy of being as tight as I wanted it to be, unless it's gotten better. Oh, the controls were fine. Yeah. I thought they I just, were fine. Because I bought it at launch. Okay. And it's I, like maybe they've tightened it up, but it felt like it, it wanted me to be more precise than the controls were allowing me to be. I, I haven't played it enough to tell you whether it's but I haven't noticed any problem playing it. Okay. Maybe it's gotten better. You know, it's 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 a little simplistic there's pretty much only like you swipe your sword when the guy has his back turned you jump and double jump and wall jump i think the wall jumping is what they complained about initially how they rolled that out i think people had a problem with i found it fine i mean it's a little slippery yeah like when you're there's just a regular wall jump and then you can upgrade to an actual wall jump the regular one you're like you slide a little bit so you have to keep jumping up and yeah, keep jumping yeah. up and keep jumping up but that seems fair mm-hmm you're climbing a wall that's completely vertical. Like I actually got it for free on my Vita, and I was gonna try it again, do another run of it, see what if it like got better, or see if I could I, do it this I, time. I play, I started it up immediately, and I was like, "This is a game I can see I'm gonna play a lot for a while." Yeah, it's good. It's good. So uh, that that was I, I've been playing, but really, what I've been playing the most this week is a game that I've already quit on. I, I got maybe 80% of the way through it. And bailed? That's and bailed. that's right at the end. I think you'll understand why when I tell you what it is. And I don't, we don't need to talk that long. Is it Horse Boyfriend? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been talked to death. It's Undertale. Oh, okay. I finally got around to playing it. I bailed on Undertale, too. Yeah, I, I put in a good amount of time. Because mm-hmm. I had a vague recollection of people being like... Slobbing their knobs about it? Not that, but like... There's a turn, man. Like, it, it, there's a part of the story, and it's like devastating or like really heartbreaking. But I think I made that up because I played about eighty percent of it, and I had enough. It was it it's it's cool. It feels like an internet joke. It feels like something the guy who made it 
made thinking that it would just be a kind of proof of concept and was a small thing, and then it got way too big for what he was making. There are some endearing moments. Did you fight the dog whose head got longer? No. That's so funny. No. <laughs> like, it's those the dogs in armor suits. Oh, I did fight one of those. His head didn't get longer. But there's one, if you, like, pet him. I... I did try doing the passive ways for almost all of them. And it was like you pet him and then he his head like would go up and he's like he's he wags his tail or whatever. There was some funny stuff. And if stuff you like keep that. petting him, his head would raise up a little bit each time and then it comes up from the bottom of the screen again. <laughs> like it's it's really good for how small it is, but I think people need to chill out a little bit. <laughs> the idea of put a bullet hell mm-hmm. into an RPG was cool. It made it not super boring. No. To me. I just, I know it is what the guy could do, but I didn't love the artwork. It's simple. You know, it's it's simple. It's fine. But I, I just, like, I, I wasn't into it. The story is the main problem for me, where I just couldn't invest in the character, and I just didn't care. I thought some of the stuff that was funny, though, I thought was actually really funny. That's true. And that's hard to do. That's true. It's that's really true. Hard. But it, it, it gets, that stuff gets repetitive. Yeah. You know, the tone gets kind of repetitive and I just I wasn't feeling it. But mm-hmm. I have nothing no knock against. Obviously, it got 9 out of 10s and 10 out of 10s mm-hmm. and was like the hottest shit of whatever. Uh, like, and so maybe I came into it thinking, you know, already with the expectation uh, yeah, and baggage. Yeah, that's probably part of it. Is those people found it with like little precursor to merchandising and memes and all that bullshit that it kind of turned into but it's fine yeah i tried yeah yeah that's fine yeah what about you well other than those books i actually only really been playing some bigger stuff because some pre-orders finally came in oh yeah yeah I, like triple a bigger stuff yeah or? okay um neo which is like the team ninja dark souls okay um like samurai uh oni themed mm-hmm. it's pretty cool and horizon zero dawn which is probably one of the more incredible looking games i've ever played really yes what's it what's the style of it uh open worldy um you're a lady with a bow who's voiced by ashley birch of course yeah and then i'm glad she's still getting work yeah no she's good um it's that one that looks like you're a tribal people but then the all the animals are robots because it's a civilization built on top of ours after we got too advanced and collapsed. Wait, wait, wait. This is um, Caveman uh, Dinosaur Hunter, uh, Robot Dinosaur Hunter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing the trailer for that and being blown away. It's, it looks incredible. And being like, man, this game has to be bad because no. it's so high concept. It's good. I, I Yeah. It's real good. <laughs> I'm excited to play it. It's, um, it's made by Gorilla, which they do kill zones. Um, but they've been working on this for a while. I heard the uh, the behavior for the robots, like the animal behavior for the robots is actually really good. Yeah, voice acting's real good. Apparently the story gets incredible. I'm still super early, but it, it almost has that Far Cry open world of like you craft shit because you need to improve stuff. You can accept side quests and here's your main quest. It, but the world's huge. The robot stuff looks incredible. The sound design is actually amazing. If you want to stick to the story, is it easy enough to find... Like where to go? Yeah, I'm Some still of those open worlds. I'm still getting used to the iconography and the oh, maps and okay. stuff. So yeah, I 
there's like a probably an hour intro tutorial-y thing where you're like a little kid version of yourself and then the world just opened up and I did like one side quest and that's all I had time to do but there's moments where you're doing the fight you're fighting just like the velociraptor-ish uh smaller enemy and it'll launch and it kind of goes into the cinematic slow-mo and it's so fucking good um this not really the scope of this podcast, but holy shit, that's a good looking game. Uh, like Naughty Dog level of how are they fucking doing really? this when other people are trying to make games and they look like they do? How is this possible? See, it looked to me like a game. Like when I see something like that, I think they had to have sacrificed working on the game yeah. to make it look this pretty and no. this high concept. That's no. awesome. It's good. Um, I've heard a lot of comparisons drawn between it and the new Zelda, but. Did you buy a Switch? Did not. You gonna buy a Switch? Eventually. 300 bucks? It's not too yeah, bad. There's like three games for it. That's Nintendo. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. I know, but like the good one is game. on the Wii U. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which you were sucker enough to buy. I know. <laughs> yeah. If I would have went into the store over the weekend and saw one on the shelf, I would have gotten it. But I didn't <laughs> pre-order one, and I didn't like try to hunt one down or anything. Yeah. But yeah, I, I want it for Mario. Like, I don't really play Zelda. Oh, I like Zeldas. I haven't liked a Zelda in a while. Yeah, exactly. But I like Zelda. I The only one I've beaten is Ocarina of Time. Oh, really? That's it? It's the only one I've really played. Not any of the first oh, ones? Oh, and I played Link's Awakening, which is the Game Boy one. And But none of the first? No. Nope. I didn't play the Super... I didn't really have a Super Nintendo. You never played Wind Waker? I did play a lot of Wind Waker. Wind Waker was I forgot great. about that one. Yeah. That one was different, though. Kind of. I mean, it was open-worldy, but it still had the, like kill a boss three times it still had like shoot arrows into eye symbols on walls to open doors like yeah still had the temples that you go through and you know link between worlds was really good the 3ds one yeah yeah i didn't play that a lot but what i did play of it smart i was very impressed they they finally realized how to break out of their box enough while still paying homage to the classic tropes to yeah, make something yeah. interesting and you could like get any weapon right away yeah which was weird a good change, I felt. So yeah, that's what we've been playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to do phone zone? Sure, I, I've been playing a couple phone stuff. The phone zone. Let's see what. I, oh, I played Retsnom, which Monster. is Monster Backwards. Yeah. It was not what I thought it would be when I got it. Oh, okay. It's kind of neat. Tell me. It's uh, unfortunate that it's a game that you have to control pushing buttons on a screen. Oh, it's like a digital D-pad? Uh-huh. Oh, bummer. <laughs> and there's like... So, but here's where it's not that big a deal because it's... I thought it was going to be a platformer. It's actually a puzzle puzzle platformer. Mm. But it's it's a weird one where it's like everything is pixel created. And so there are big blocks made out of pixels. You can freeze a box around you and then it'll flip the place of every physical thing to somewhere else. Oh, weird. So That's it, not at all what I thought it was. Exactly. It stops. <laughs> it creates a grid. So it can pick up all the different pixel stuff. It creates a grid. Mm. And then the grids just transverse so that everything on the right is now on the left. Mm. And so where there was an opening on the right but not on the left, you can switch that. So now there is an opening. Oh. And there's still like zombies that you have to avoid. There's like some kind of um, 
background story about you know your doctor or scientist and there's like some zombie virus that's just, you know that's, that makes the name kind of make sense yeah it, it doesn't it, it it's not as important but like the name being backwards and switching yes like flipping it and flipping stuff it, oh, that's, yeah that's neat so it's it's uh because of that it does it makes the um the unfortunate controls less of an issue mm-hmm. you know because there's a lot of puzzling and you're not really trying to there's not a lot of like twitchy stuff yeah you're so, not it's not like action like you're not trying to get away from stuff in real time and the the puzzles scale up pretty quick like it's not easy um to try to get all the stuff that they put in front of you and to get from point a to point b but so do you um, finish it or no oh, okay no it, it gets tough um but it's it's probably one that i'll put like 15 minutes into play some puzzles then stop and okay. then not play it for like a week and then pick it back up like it's a nice one just to have in the arsenal of fun right. stuff to go back to but it wasn't one that you know i would say is the best game ever but it's only like 99 cents or a dollar that seems like it would be so hard to test if you can flip anything well a lot of stuff you just kills you because you like flip it and the floor's gone oh <laughs> but it won't let you flip it so that you end up in a wall Oh, okay. It won't let you do that. But it will let you, like, open up the floor. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds sounds all right. But, yeah, that's not at all what I thought that game was. No. That, I was, I was shocked. Yeah, I just thought it looked neat. um, And it had really good reviews, so I bought it. And then I I was kind of shocked once I started playing it. (laughs) In a good way? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, it was, no, but it was just different. Like, I wouldn't say it was just a different thing than I expected. Okay. Um. Have you been playing anything? Yeah, I got a couple. I actually bought Gunman Taco Truck. Did I talk about that last time? No. Gunman Taco Truck is the first game from Romero Games. Really? Yeah. Just just Johnny Boy? Yeah, he's he's over in Ireland now. And in a castle? It's <laughs> something. It's him and like his posse of all people named Romero. I don't know. There's like four <laughs> Romeros there. The Romero clan? Yeah, and it's just a phone game. He didn't design it, but he did the programming. Um, I thought you were gonna say he didn't design it; he just took credit for it and yeah, put his name on it. <laughs> it's not a great game, but it, it's it's got a good sense of humor because when it is, it's the apocalypse, and you have a taco truck that also has a machine gun on top of it. Do so, you think he had to explain what taco trucks were to people in Ireland who were like program who were like working? No, on they it? were. He it's his family, like it's a it's a family company. Yeah, but I, are they Irish family? No. Oh, he brought everyone with him. Yeah. Oh, okay. he and his wife and his young kids moved there. Younger, oh, okay. Youngish kids. So it's the apocalypse, and you you go between cities where it's sort of just uh, bullet hell's the wrong word. Uh, maybe closer to like a shmup type. You have your taco truck, and you can change lanes, and you have to shoot a horizontal shot. Yeah, you left to right, left to right, and you're shooting like the giant bugs, the giant mutants, and picking up their meat. Like you're essentially <laughs> gathering material for your tacos for the tacos that you will sell in your when you land in a city. Okay, which is then like a cook serve delicious. Here's what I want, and you have to take all those things and put it on a taco and give it to them. Oh, uh, that's fun. It's yeah, it's really weird. But then like each place will have either a shop. Or a place where you can buy ingredients. Or can you upgrade your truck? You can upgrade the truck. What um, kind of art? What does it look like? It's Pixel. Okay. It's really good. Um, it just feels super unbalanced because I bought this thing because the game is free unless you pay 
you can pay a dollar, I think, for this. Um, when you blow someone up between the spots on the map, it their stuff flies off and you have to tap it to pick it up. Yeah. While you're still trying to shoot other stuff. Yeah. I bought this thing for 99 cents that's just like a vacuum. Meat magnet? Yeah, it sucks up all the stuff that you shoot. Hmm. And... It breaks it. It kind of breaks it, and then there's other stuff you can get to that seems like it'll break it further. So I don't know how finishable the game is unless you microtransaction it, and then at that point, it's like the game is you might as well not play it. Yeah. But I played it. I did like a couple runs, and I had a good time with it. I thought it was kind of a neat idea. I have a problem where it's like I won't even give a shot to a a, a game that costs nothing at the gate. Right. Like right. I, I just won't even install it. I but it I'm with you most of the time. It's tough for me to get over that. Yeah. Like I'm happy to pay three dollars, two dollars, one dollar. What I know. what I've noticed even is... if there's microtransactions in the game I paid a dollar for, I'll be kind of pissed, but I, I will get in the door. I won't get in yeah. the door on those other ones. I've noticed that games on Google Play are free and they're not on iPads or iPhone stores. Because really? I'm still in both ecosystems because I use my iPad. So they charge in iOS. Yes. But it's free in... Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I think that's just the nature of that store because it is more freewheeling. You have to be free in order to get most people to pay attention. But I, I've i seen on both sides... it's Because I'll see it on the App Store on because I look at Touch Arcade on my iPad. Yeah. This Which is mostly iOS-centric. Yes. Uh, this game is good. I'm like, oh, I'll see if it's on Google Play. And it's free on Google Play and it's two bucks on iOS. So they have to make a subtly different version to try and make money differently on the Google Play Store. Mm. So I've been able to, or I've gotten a couple things because I know that there are, are a pay experience in there. Um, the other one, which is also free on Google Play, I don't know about iPhone, but it's called Bike Bico B A I K O H Bico B A I K O Bico I think Bico. It's um boggle with a <clears throat> you're trying like every letter is in a, a a bubble as it's falling down from the ceiling you got to keep it from hitting the ceiling but you can tap any letter in the whole grid to spell a word and then you swipe to cash in the word and those bubbles disappear oh but the art is really cool and it's got like the skull man that's really like condescending to you like the game hates you is kind of its thing it's like, oh, you're going to fail. And yeah. then you're tapping the letters, and the whole system that they make money with is buy, buy coins, bay coins, whatever, mm. um, which you have to pay to use these power-up badges that you unlock. So this one is a random letter, or a, a wild card letter. And you can use them, and then they take a, a little bit to recharge mm. up. You can unlock new slots. So I can go in now with three different badges instead of just two or it's it's a fun game, and I gave it. It's like Kim, I have a new game for you to try. Try this, and then she played it for probably half an hour straight. And she's like, I have to stop. This is too intense. Right? Like she's just like stressing her out. But uh, she got apparently to a point where she hit some sort of score threshold or something, and the game was like, Well, now I'm going to be harder on you. So it's like the game hates you, and it's like trying to be antagonistic, but the mechanics are actually pretty sound. Yeah, um, it's it's a fun little simple simple thing if you like word it's funny stuff. because it's like a word stuff which traditionally like my mom would play yeah but then it adds this other like skull man who you wouldn't think would be playing to that same demographic yeah yeah it's but it's very like slick uh vectory art it's it's nice 
the last one I want to talk about real quick, and this is on iPad, so it's technically not a phone game. Big but phone. It, yeah, the big phone. Mall mash tab a gal gal. Good name. Yes. Mall.mash.tab.a.gal.gal. Mall mash tab a gal gal. Mall dash tab a gal gal. It's battle pong Mold where you control both paddles on the sides so stuff is flowing from the bottom to the top and you have both paddles that you're keeping the ball in between to hit stuff in the middle huh it's fucking good <laughs> and so you just rub your finger up each side it's it's smart on the bottom you just hold it and then it, it like has um i can't even think of a way to, to like a word for it but like you, it scrolls you move your thumbs up and down and it's amplified in the paddle so if i move up just a tiny yeah, bit like it's more when you're using a mouse when you use a mouse you're not actually yeah, rubbing yeah, yeah. it the entire way it's so just you like just t- exaggerated yeah you touch in the corners and you only have to move like as much as you're comf- is comfortable but mm-hmm. it'll move the paddle all the way up or down okay yeah so it's very very intuitive very easy and the whole thing is hitting the enemies before they hit the top because it's like almost a tower defense battle pong is how i would describe it if that one's like two, three bucks. It's not on Google Play, but it is on iOS. And it was the name got me. Yeah, first. It's a good name. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? And then it was like Touch Arcade's game of the week. Is it super like colorful and like it really has... sweet saccharine music? No, That's what it's, I would imagine. It's like underwater themed and mm. astral, like sun, moon, and like old totemy looking stuff. It's very not weird. Not what I would have expected yeah, from that name. It's, it's fun, though. I I loaded it up last night, finally, because I had gotten it earlier in the week and finally loaded it up, and I ended up playing for probably 20 minutes. Um, I have one other phone game that sure. uh, I could talk about because it's it's just an insane thing. For insane. <laughs> more insane than Ma- uh, Mole Mash Tab a Gal Gal? That seems more coherent than this. <laughs> it's called No Thing. And it has like some like insane like the Nothing. setting is no thing. The setting I think is like in the far future, nineteen ninety six. Okay. You know, like one of that. those type of things. Yeah. But then like there are just giant floating vector heads. I've seen this. I never played it. Yeah. I can let you play it when we're done. <laughs> okay, so the game I was sold because it was like this is weird as shit. Yeah. But then all it really is is like an endless runner where you press right or press left to turn corners. Okay. While this thing plays like dis- disconcerting music and the giant heads like yell things at you <laughs> that are all like pretty non sequitury. Oh, okay. And the, well, the world gets quicker and quicker as you're endless running. Huh. I would, didn't know it was an endless runner. I didn't it's really very know neon, what it was. right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like teal lines and stuff. It's weird they built in any story because it doesn't really trans- come through or translate. <laughs> but it's interesting. What is the stuff that it yells at you? It's like, you're, you're, you'll never amount to anything, son. Yes. <laughs> like, that, that could very well be one of the things. Your uh, sexual preferences are weird. <laughs> I'd like to get to know you more than a friend. <laughs> Said no one to you ever. <laughs> Uh, it's it. I I was satisfied <laughs> with what it was, but I just had no idea what it was. And it's another one where I'll play for like ten minutes, boost it up, and then I I'm good for a little while. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a weird one to have in your phone arsenal. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like a. I feel like playing no thing for a while. 
But I'll, if I'm it's like, oh, I have a half hour to sit here, like, let's go through the things that I have. Like, that's a very easy one to jump into. Yeah. Well, you, is it something you'd come back to over and over? Or is it like once you hit a certain point, like it's... No, because it's, it's, it's challenging. Okay. You know, and it's simple enough. So you feel like you can best those challenges. So you get kind of roped into it. But once... Once you die, you know, you to get to the point where you died maybe took 10 minutes. Uh, so you don't really want to start back over, but maybe next week you will. Oh, okay. So. Weird. Yeah, not, it's not a weird I one. that was. It's a super weird one. I, I recommend it just for how weird it is. Yeah, okay. Uh, you want to talk about some couch? Couch malts? The multiplayer couch. I haven't played any couch in a while, but you yeah. got any? I have a couple I want to bring up. Uh, the first one you saw when you came here i was playing it yeah um rogue stormers the most generic of generic names yeah yeah it's i think what happened was i was like oh rogue i'll click on this this was a long time ago Mm -hmm. and then i was like well reviews are kind of mixed but like everything it's describing sounds great and it looks okay Mm -hmm. added to the wish list and then i believe over christmas i got it for three something and I think default price is twenty. So I loaded it up today, finally, and was having like a pretty okay time with it. If the shooting feels good, you have a dash. It it's very um, what's that game? Risk of Rain. In that it gives you these icon items that are, seem really dumb. Like here's a giant comb, and that means. Every time you pick up money, there's a chance you could get some extra money. Yeah. So it's like you comb through the... A little whatever. boosting artifact. Yeah. So you, you just gradually pick up this sticker book looking array of items that make you better a little bit by little bit. And then there's a perk progression that stacks on all future runs. So if you unlock them, they're on that character for forever. Um. It's an attractive game, too. Yeah, like, it looks nice. It looks neat. The bad guys were cool design. There was one guy who just had a backpack full of, like, a thousand little dudes that he little would throw at you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I haven't played it with anyone, but it's definitely set up for that. And it reminds me a lot of, what was it, Hive Hive Jump? Yeah. Which it kind of, Hive Jump goes for a more retro version of this, and it probably makes it more, that makes Hive Jump kind of more unique. Because this Rogue Stormers is one of those weird games where, like, kind of looking at it like Full Mojo Rampage, it's like, oh, it's this game but 3D. Like, there's nothing really to pull you in, and then when you play it, you're like, this is technically sound and pretty okay. It's it's a little confused in what it's going for. Totally, yeah. Every, just... All the elements are like nice and polished, but like aesthetically. It, you can't really tell what kind post-apocalypse. of world they're trying to build. But then there's like riveted artwork, you know, like... Slot machines. Slot machine, Like, it's kind of all over the place with... Uh, when, you, when you're like in it as long as I was just then for like an hour... Yeah. It, start, it doesn't feel super disjointed as when you saw it. Yeah. Like, I, I bought into the... Okay. The, overall. the aesthetic just seemed a little weird. The elements they were putting together, but it, everything looked cool. I would not recommend and the actual it f- gameplay looked fun. Yeah, I would not recommend it for twenty. But getting into it whenever it's cheap next, I was having a totally fine time, and the reviews are mixed. Yeah, I was so, shocked when we looked and saw mixed reviews for a game like that. Well, I I looked at some of them, and it was they were complaining about game balance and pacing, 
And I totally see that. It's very, it's more methodical than Risk of Rain. Risk of Rain, once chaos hits, it's like nonstop. Yeah. And this one, because you can go back and forth and, um, you know, wipe out the things that generate the the mass amounts of enemies, it slows down if you are trying to mine a level for everything it's worth, which is important. Um, it does keep throwing little guys at you here and there to give you something to shoot, but it definitely feels, uh, you'll, you'll spend more time getting, there's, I think, maybe like eight levels and then mm. you beat it because you can, there's an end. Yeah. Um, it would, it seems like it would take a long time to do that if you're going to play it. And, Single player. Yeah. Um, but it's it was fun. I, How many people does it go up to? I for think a couch? four. I think four. Hmm. Um, there's only five characters in the game, and you only have one unlocked at the start. And I I think beat the second boss, and that unlocked the next guy. I bet you they let you do mul- like you could play multiple of the same guy in different colors. Yeah, or probably. Something. Yeah, but it's it's totally fine. And um, the other one I want to talk about, and it's very close to being a twenty minute or less. Because I just don't feel like I would ever push to play this with anybody. And that's called Runbow. Runbow. Uh, Runbow has one mechanic that they exploit as much as humanly possible. And it's a very cool one. Um, do you remember Speedrunners? Yeah, it was that the, was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that with no grappling hook. Okay. Um, but the whole conceit of it is the background is constantly doing like this slideshow changing of the background color. Okay. Uh through multiple colors. And if the background cycles through and is the same color as a platform and then you can't see the platform, the platform doesn't exist. Interesting. So it as it's changing colors constantly, it's probably like 1 1000 2 1000 change every like constant. And you're jumping across stuff that is all color coded. And if the background suddenly changed to the color of the thing you're on, it's gone. Oh, wow. So it's, there's, I would say. But you, that, that doesn't add enough to make it. Yeah, really like the, the jumping feels kind of floaty. It's it's kind of slow. Um, it does say it can go up to nine, which would make it way more interesting and chaotic. Because I was just doing the solo challenges. Nine, so you need nine controllers? I don't know. I assume so, because it's definitely or it's not. like. You also have two people on a keyboard, and then you have two person per. I guess it would be nine controllers, yeah. But it's a, it can go Are up to sure a lot. You sure it's not four controllers plus keyboard, and you just have two people per. You can look controller? it up. I I, I believe it said there? nine. Wow. Okay. So it was it was the whole thing is the multiplayer aspect of it, but I feel like I would just rather play speedrunner. Yeah. So I was very close to returning it. Okay. Um, but that that concept is neat enough no i i busted open speedrunners maybe three months ago when i had some people over it was still fun it's yeah it's is great. it done now it was a lot more done i don't know if it was totally done but there I were more f- stages and stuff yeah i feel like it's it was close if not done or at least at version one yeah i don't know oh are you at an early access game it must have been done <laughs> i like speedrunners a lot um it feels better with like the the power-ups and the grappling hook it feels faster than this one did, and the like the world getting smaller and smaller. Oh yeah, that's a good. That's when a, you get towards the end of the. That's a great touch. Yeah, I really like that. Um, 
But yeah, I maybe I will try to return Runbo. I don't know if I can though, because I think I bought it from the Humble Store. Mm. That's the mm. only bummer about using that ten percent off. They I, won't let you return. I don't it. think Steam mm. will let you return it. Oh well. Yeah. You don't like returning shit, anyways, I and don't. I can't. So. Oh, I've right. never <laughs> been able to successfully return. You anything. just have to have over a thousand games. That must be it. Yeah. Yeah. They discriminate right. against us like 300ers or 400ers or whatever. <laughs> <You> plebeians. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's give away a game. All right. So uh, speaking of Couch Multi, Segway, we'll give away the greatest of all Couch Multis. Towerfall. You think it's the greatest? It's a really good one. It's a really good one. What, what, off the top of your head, what's a better one? Ooh. Takes a while to think about. Yeah. That's how good it is. Towerfall Ascension. It is. This is the Steam code. You put it in Steam, you'll own the game. 33KQLGY0F9J8R4B, as in boy. Uh, not as in victory. That is not a B. Uh, that made owning an Ouya justified to me. Yeah. That's how good that game was. Because you could play for like a year. Yeah. Before you it came play out. It. Yeah. yeah. That game's real good. Is so good, <laughs> so good, and he just made it better and better. Yeah. Uh, if you do take it, which you should, because it's incredible, uh, just send us a a word about the game, your experience playing it, a story, something uh, at Wazpod. If you tweeted us, or if you write us on email, it's Wazpod at gmail dot com. Email. If you send it through Steam, it is a Wazpod group. Um. Yeah, just let us know some thoughts. Yeah. Well, there's also single player uh, stuff in there that's totally fine. No, I like the single player. Yeah. I played through all that. So if you're if you're worried about it being not worth your time if you don't have other people to play with, it's it's good. Yeah, and then if you happen to trick other people into your basement, <laughs> right. Uh they'll be entertained before you, you do stuff to murder them. them. <laughs> Perfect. Uh what do you want to talk about for a, a big time? Uh, I have a great indie game uh, because I feel like you're being sarcastic. No, it really is. Okay. It's the indie. It's like an indie indie game. Like this is one guy who sat and made this game, and it is something that would never, ever, ever get paid for to be made by anybody else. Is this one of those like I'm scared of the door games? That no. You play? Okay. Because <laughs> this this game was really fun. Was this uh, itch? No. Oh, you're you're back on Steam. This is a Steam. I have I've been going back and forth. You've been back on the but horse. But I, I haven't found anything on Hitch this week that I would actually want to bring up. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. I played through a couple more things, but you know, Hitch, you're gonna get some variable variable it's, quality. It's, yeah. Yeah. And it's not all gonna be entertainingly bad. It's some <laughs> of it's just gonna be what it is. Something's just bad. This is the preposterous awesomeness of everything. Oh right. It's a fantastic name. Yes. One of the reasons it would never get made by an actual studio is because it is an adventure game and people don't <laughs> fucking like them. Nope. Except for me. I this game looks so cool, even I bought it when it was two bucks, and I probably won't play it. It's worth like, it. It looks so neat. It's the artwork is all kind of like collage. Like the mouths are cut out and the eyes are cut out and like serial all... killer ransom faces. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it looks insane. The uh, it was all one dude who put it together. His name's Joe Richardson, and he's very like 
uh, he's got a great sense of humor and a great it's like he it's got a lot of social commentary that's a little on the nose mm-hmm. but because it's like uh not that long of an adventure game that's very self-contained and it's very self-aware he talks about how um you at one point can sit down at a computer terminal and make a video game and he's talking about how like you put in way too much word blocks that people are going to read for a long time and not really like you know like which the game one thing that is 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 a little bit of a bummer is it does have giant page dumps full of text oh yeah but it's not voiced uh no okay um but the the writing is good and they don't happen so often that they're annoying they happen once in a while and the uh, it's it's basically I'd say uh, heavily influenced by Idiot Town. I would assume. <laughs> okay. But so it's it's you're basically walking. Is this like the unofficial prequel, like or sequel? I mean, like someone it, took it, up the it reins. Must be. It must be because they were tired of waiting for Idiot Town too. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's it's you're basically the story is you're on an island where it's almost like somewhat of a paradise where everyone's just like naked eating berries and like. <laughs> Hanging out, and then they find like a bunch of parts for a rocket ship and like rocket design, but everyone's like a moron. And then, um, I don't want to spoil the story too much, okay. but it's just like everyone is a moron in a different way, and it's the story then ramps up, including your guy, or do you play anyone in particular? You play someone who's like a little smarter than everyone else, okay, but you're still kind of dumb and you're still one of the naked dudes just wandering around. <laughs> Uh, is there, like, is it naked as in Garden of Eden style leaves? leaf clothes? No, it's like naked, naked. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, it's like a little blurred out. Oh, okay. Little wieners. Um, <laughs> uh, but then in the future you do get clothes because it jumps through time at oh, some points. That's cool. Um, and it, the art is I really like the writing. That like his sense of writing is really great. The puzzles are simple, in a way that's good for an adventure game there's you're never gonna get like frustrated okay that's like i didn't click that pixel because i thought it was a freaking piece of art who the hell knew that that was what was going to move the entire game there's none of that so it's more interactive story than a hard to figure out thing but it's more game than interactive story okay it's not just trees of dialogue you do have to you do have to pick stuff up and walk them over here and give it to this person you have to watch them walk the whole way uh, you do, but everything's small. Like the maps are small. Oh, okay. So it, you're not watching him walk very much. Uh-huh. Uh, and then like the prompts are really funny or, you know, like the verbs that usually you have at the bottom of the screen, like monkey Island, there's like pick up, oh, talk yeah, to yeah. throw. Those are the verbs that you have mm-hmm. here. They have examine, talk to pick up. Okay. Those are pretty standard, but yeah. then there's disrespect, do a backflip, pray for, Use, consume, and befuddle. Jeez. So you can just like click, do a backflip, and he just does a backflip. <laughs> That's the only thing that does? That's all it does. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's stuff like that where the... It, I would recommend, even if you don't buy this game, which I think you should because it's only six bucks or seven bucks, yeah. and it goes on sale for two bucks or three bucks, just look at the page and look at the art because it's interesting. Yeah, and it's, the trailer sold me just seeing the stuff move. It, it the animation's really good. Yeah. It's one guy. Um yeah, I'm really excited. I'm sure it's a game that I'll talk about soon, but I'm really excited about a game he just came out with, which is called Four Last Things. 
It looks it's awesome. He used all medieval art and medieval music and animated and looks incredible. So It's very Monty Python looking. Put a pin on that because it might be It'll another come game back. Talk so about, yeah. did you finish Preposterous Awesomeness? I did, yeah. How long was it? Maybe three hours. Oh, okay. So like a that. shorter one. Not too long. That I, sounds like something I could finish then. I think, you, I think it's worth your time. I okay. think you'd be okay with it. Um, maybe it was a little longer, but didn't feel that long, obviously. Yeah. And uh, it definitely felt worth the experience. That it's when you brought it up, it's like this is definitely something that wouldn't exist without the indie space. And that's 100% right, but I also love that it exists. Yeah. Like, this is the type of thing that 10 years ago wouldn't have been possible, but now is you can kind of find stuff like this. And he, like, he's got a lot of skill, mm-hmm. but the parts where he's amateurish aren't frustrating. They're, like, endearing, I would say. Like, what's that? You know, like, no... No studio would ever give you a page of text. Oh, okay. even in an adventure game, mm-hmm. you know. But the writing is is done in a way that it is. But it sounds good. like he was self aware in that thing where you're making a computer game. Like he knows that that's not something. You he do. knows, yeah. No, no, he's very self aware about his limitations. It seems, and he does a really good job of playing to his strengths within those limitations. Hmm. So I, well, I, I'm, I'm glad to find out it's, it's a, it's good. I thought so, but I'm, I'm, I am more. Uh, interested in adventure games, but this is not like, um, what is it like Wajidai, where it's like really hardcore, hardcore adventure ass adventure game. This yeah. is like a, a fun, lighthearted adventure game where you're just kind of like moving through it. So you're saying it's better than Broken Age? <laughs> yeah, I'd say Broken Age is a piece of shit next to this <laughs> game. You can use that. What's his name? Oh, Joe Richardson. I yeah, mean? Joe Richardson. Uh, this game's better than Broken Age, quote, Ari. <laughs> no, Broken Age is probably a better game, but I, the first half of Broken Age is probably a better game, but I really didn't like the end of Broken oh. Age. Or like, It just lost steam for me. Yeah. Well, is it because it was too long or was too much? Uh, no, the st- like the, it becomes less interesting, the, sto- the writing, uh-huh. towards the end. It's because he's fucking just filling notebooks full of nonsense. Still. And you get, uh, <laughs> like, the first, you're like, entranced by the artwork mm-hmm. which is so good in broken age yeah and after you play it for a long you get jaded you oh, know which okay. is like anything um but preposterous awesomeness of everything which is a hard title to say but i like it preposterous awesomeness of everything is short enough you never get there okay yeah awesome well i look forward to hearing how that other one is yeah it's four last things four last things eight bucks <laughs> that's great So this week I'm going to talk uh, for my marquee thing. It's going to be a little different because I started really digging into Pico 8, which is something if I had video game making skill, this is something I would make. It's <laughs> it's super hard to describe. It's a fantasy console. So Pico 8... As in it's a console for fantasies, or it's a fake console? It's a fake console, but they call it a fantasy console. So Pico 8, you buy in, it costs money, and then once you're in it, it's a a set of very strict limitations to create games for Pico 8. So inside the thing, it boots up like old DOS, scrolls through things. So it's like an emulator for a system that never existed. Yes, 
Got it. And inside it, you would you used uh, DOS like commands like uh, run dot whatever. Yeah. You know, to to command save line. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Command lines. But then there's a sound and music editor. There's a graphic editor, and then a just a blank screen for code in the thing. In the thing. So you switch back and forth between these different editors, and you can build games inside of Pico 8 for Pico 8. But they're, can you export them in any way so other yes. people who own Pico... Wow, that's cool. You can even do it so people that don't own it can. Really? Yes. They're just executable files? They are HTML5. Oh. Or I can't remember the other one. But you... you and here's a, a great touch that I thought. You can export what's called a cartridge, and it's a PNG mm-hmm. of a game cartridge that you can set the label on it. Mm-hmm. The game is on that PNG. So you click the PNG and the game well, will Well, load, you load the PNG inside Pico 8. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, so you can share your cartridges with people, and they'll they'll dump it into their games folder, and you can inside Pico 8 load and then type the name of the cartridge, and it'll get the code out of the picture. How long has it been a thing? Years. Really? Yeah. So the way I found out about it, the one of the very first Humble Bundle things I bought was called Voxatron. And what I thought Voxatron was at the time was a, a Robotron-like voxel with destructible backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Turns out what Voxatron really is is a voxel-based fantasy console. <laughs> I didn't know that, but I logged back in and looked at it, and it was like, oh, because you own Voxatron, you also get Pico 8. I was like, what the fuck is Pico 8? And then downloaded it and then realized this whole world existed where people have started creating their own games with these... Lim- like, the guy said, I made these limitations very specific with the intention that they are fun to try and make your idea inside of... Is it like 16-bit graphics? It's like the maximum screen size is like 164 by 164 or something like that. I I, I could be messing that number up. It's very, very pixely, very small. The color palette is the color palette. Is it? It's like Roy G. Biv and that's it? No, it's more... I think it's like 15 or 16 colors. Okay. But... You can't change them outside of those. Um, all the sounds that you're making with these different modes, you can create a sound effect, or you can do even really simple frame pixel animation. Um, the coding is what it's used in Lua, L-U-A, but it's like a, a modified version of it for Pico Eight. For Pico Eight, hmm. um, and the the reason the way that I started getting into it. And I don't think it's made anymore, which is a bummer. There's they did four issues of PicoZine, which is a digital like pay what you want or just download it from um, Itch. Yeah, and it's those old style computer magazines, like when people would have to code the games in a Commodore. Yeah, the the magazine has huge chunks that's just devoted to here's code the code. Line. Type it in. This is what that code does. And then by the time you're done with it, you have a game. Wow. So I did the, it's like breakout. Yeah. So I coded, um, and what I started doing, because I took one programming class in college, and all that did really is help me figure out how to think that way. Yeah. Um, 
I would read like what we're going to do next and try to Trying do it to first. Guess it, yeah. And so I was able to do some of the things um, just because I was seeing how the Lua structure works. Yeah. But it's all in this self-contained package that has the creator, the game runner, and then you can play people's shit by like saving the cartridges. There's also a web player for it. Like that's what I think the HTML thing is for i don't know if you can get into the cartridges just by making a web page that has the html or i mean without owning it because oh. i think you log into your your lexalawful account mm-hmm. which is the company that makes it oh so you have to use their website for those for those I, but they did like a pico jam on itch and you can play those for free okay so there are ways to output them um but there's four issues of that pico zine uh the last one they did was like a roguelike focus one. I was like, "Oh my god, my worlds!" <laughs> um, but it it was it's so neat to see something that specific, that niche. And what this is leading towards is, I actually bought something. It's super dumb, but I can't fucking wait. <laughs> um, have you heard of this new mini computer called the Chip? No, is it C-H-I-P? just like a Raspberry Pi type thing? It's smaller than Raspberry Pi. Is it like a thumb drive? Yes. Okay. It's like a, a whole computer on like... Because oh. like Intel was selling those Intel sticks that were kind of the, the same idea. Right. Where they it's just it... like one input and it's an HDMI. HDMI yeah. like... Well, there's... Or it's USB on the back and HDMI on the front or something. Something like that. Yeah. Um, they call it the world's first $9 computer. Wow, $9. All yeah. right. So you can... They're they're a back order right now because they sold a shitload <laughs> yeah. of them. But... Um... Maybe we should have charged $15. <laughs> well, I'm telling Kim, I was like... How is this not world changing? Like, there's no reason a classroom shouldn't have a computer now. Yeah. Because like, you can run anything in a browser these days. And there's a ton of open source stuff. Yeah. Like, there's no reason anyone in the world can't have a computer. Yeah. At this point. Like, even if it's just a Raspberry Pi that's 30 bucks, you can do pretty much anything you want. Yeah. Um, but what they have, they have the chip. To play Doom. You can't play Doom. <laughs> Funny enough, in Pico 8, someone made Wolfenstein 3D. <laughs> like, proof of concept, here's a Wolfenstein 3D running in Pico 8. And it's so, like, it's like you pixelized the pixelation. Yeah. and But you could still tell what it is, and it's fucking crazy. Like, these weird blobs are moving around, but you know what those blobs are. Yeah, like yeah. the turkey dinners and the, the Hitler posters and stuff, yeah. you can totally tell. Um, but they took the chip, and then they made this thing called the pocket chip. It's essentially a chip-based Game Boy that comes pre-installed with Pico 8. Wow. So I pre-ordered one. So it has a little screen? Yeah. How much was that, like 20 bucks? <laughs> Uh-oh. It was six, like 65 or something like that. Oh, man. But it's it's basically the Pico 8 is actually A handheld Pico right? 8. Yeah. Wow. And it's like, play thousands and thousands of games because... You could just load the shit that already exists. What do you load it in, like an SD card or something? Um, or do you plug it into a, I think a it, USB? I think it has onboard storage. And, the, you know, those things are just PNGs. But how do you get it to the onboard storage? Probably through, like, a browser or Wi-Fi. I don't know. I don't have it yet. Yeah, okay. But, yeah. I, I don't know if it this. is. Yeah. But it's... I it was I had just found my love for Pico Eight again and like remembered it was a thing and had just made the breakout thing and then found out Pocket Chip existed, and was like, oh my god, it's, <laughs> it's right, perfect, it's there, it's real, <laughs> and the 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 Pico Eight people fantasy console no longer, 
Well, they actually just brought out um, a Raspberry Pi version. Mm. So you could turn a Raspberry Pi into a console. Yeah, into an actual Pico 8 as well. Build some like crazy case for it. Yeah. (laughs) Or just make it, I would make it look like super retro. Yeah. So it looked like chunky plastic. Yeah. But I think it's very, it's fairly new because they're still getting, you know, people giving them stuff like, oh, this breaks it. Was it Kickstarted? Pico 8? No, the console, the chip. Uh, Pico 8 console. Oh, I don't know. No. I think the chip might have been, but the pocket chip is a new thing. Yeah. But they par- partnered with with Lexilawful to have Pico 8 pre-installed. Wow. But it, it sounds like that uh that system that was in the boss fight books. You remember what I'm talking about? There oh, was ZZT. A, ZZT, yeah. It's like a game maker. Yeah. But a game as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's I don't think there's any there's demos, but there's no base game that is the Pico 8 game. Okay. So uh, you can install, you know, install space demos.p8 and it'll install five or six things that show you different things Proof you can do. Proof of concept type of things. But then the code will be there if you switch over to the code editor and you can kind of see and learn that way. But the site just has people post their stuff. Do people remake like you said Wolfenstein 3D, but are people just remaking Mario and putting that in there? No, they're they're it's a really great community even. Oh. Like they're trying really small bite-sized things because of the limitations of this fantasy console. It forces you to think in a really managed small package. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Where it gives you just enough structure that yeah. you can launch from there and make something creative, but the structure gives you kind of a you're not floundering in writer's block or creativity block because exactly yeah you have some guidelines i've seen there's there's a game on steam it's called like tower of arcos arkanos or something like that it's it's kind of one of those uh matching games that gives you shit that you then use to defend your castle or whatever it started as a pico 8 game Mm. like that dude made several things in pico 8 that he, he like if you sort by rating he's like one of the top pico 8 people but he started taking his pico 8 ideas and blowing them out that's cool yeah so i i fucking love it i think if you don't get some sort of deal it's 15 dollars to buy in i've not really looked at voxitron that just seems like without the limitations of the 2d the sprite whatever it seems like it'd be a little more to dive into that because you have to deal with 3d space so like at that point you might as well just go into game maker (laughs) maybe yeah yeah um but they they do the same thing on that one. Like they have little cartridges that it look they almost look like sixty four cartridges. So, so the menu you're swiping through all these physical looking three D cartridges uh, that you load into Voxatron. I wonder if like people who were born in like ninety six and onwards, you know, like eighteen year olds and under, if they're gonna have any affection for those type of things, or if it's gonna die with us. You know, it's yeah, like we have question. memories of cartridges and, mm-hmm. you know, of systems that were different. And we have the time to to put for things like that that are, you know, nostalgic, nostalgic, but also like maybe don't look as good as new games or whatever because they have a certain charm to them. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that will exist anymore with someone who never, ever had to reckon with that you know their whole life they could play naughty dog games right well i mean this kind of ties back into empire of imagination and masters of doom going back to the time when a single person or a super small team could make something yeah like pico 8 reminds me of that as well 
So I accidentally found a theme for the things I brought this week. But <laughs> you didn't fucking tell me. <laughs> God damn it. I I adore Well, I talked about a game one guy made, so there. Yeah, suck it. Put that in your pipe. <laughs> um but the the Pico eight zine, there's four of those, and that's a great resource to get started. You can at least make breakout. It's just super neat. And I kind of like the incredible or the awesomeness of everything. The preposterous. Preposterous. Um, it's something that. So do you think you're think gonna try to make something Pico Eight? At least some small thing. Uh, I might like once because that's the, the coding, best way to learn those things. Yeah, the coding isn't super complicated. It's. I I feel like even in that first zine because I was just doing it when I was I had nothing to do at work. Yeah, that's the only time I've messed with it, but it was. Even after the breakout one, I was looking at the next thing. It was getting complicated enough to the point where I had to focus more on it than I could there. Yeah. I couldn't, like, keep stepping away. Still at work. Yeah, still at work. So um, I definitely would like to look into more tutorial stuff for it, see if there's, like, websites. Maybe there's, like, a Udemy. (laughs) I I actually looked, and I don't think there was. Uh, But, you know, you could learn Lua, and I'm sure a lot of it would translate. Yeah. But... I was even able to very simply take because the there's like a built-in code for draw a circle. Yeah. So that's the ball they were using. Yeah. I then went to the graphic editor, drew a ball, and f- figured out how to assign that sprite to the circle. Okay. So then I had my own ball. Custom ball. And, yeah. So that's already starting to use graphics <laughs> that you make inside the editor. Um, but yeah, it's some of the games are actually really fun. There's one that they had a contest, and it was the one that won. It was called, like, Combo Pool, which is you had, like, the bottom of the screen was one of those uh, aimer, like, you shoot stuff out, uh, Peggle style, but on the bottom. And you shot the ball, and then if it touched a ball of its color, it would combine to be the the next level. A different color? Of a different color. Okay. So non-like balls would bounce off each other. But if they were the same color, they would combine to be the next one up. And you would get more score the more like advanced you got the balls. Is it like you shot the ball once and then watched how it went? Or you'd shoot the ball, it'd fall back down, you'd shoot it again, and fall back no, down? No, they would stay out on the field. So are you just waiting? Is it like one of those throw the ba- kick the baby type of games where you just like no, you let shoot. it go and then see how it... It was like it's if you're playing pinball and the pinball, pinball field would be flat. So that it wouldn't roll back to you, but it would. They would stay out on there, and they would clank around when you shoot a new one. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, so you you'd get multiple balls at the bottom, but I think you have to keep combining stuff, otherwise you'll lose the resource that makes you be able to keep playing. Oh, cool. So as they hit each other and they physics around on the board, they'll combine into other ones if they knock into their same color. It's like a really solid little game, and it's all made in this console that doesn't exist. You know, in this in this self contained ecosystem. So I, I recommend it. If you're curious at all about what I said, check it out. It's very cool. Yeah, sounds neat. Another thing that could only exist. Yeah, now. No, no, yeah, now. No EA is making that too. <laughs> Pico Eight. <laughs> well, I, I hope it gets big enough that they can make their real live. Let's make Pico Eight to the point where like Sony will have to support Pico Eight on the PlayStation. <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> uh, but like, I want them to release their own designed real version that plugs into like a real system like that um like the like, nes classic yes exactly like the nes classic only it's the pico 8 the pico and it 8. plugs in oh that'd be so good 
But that cartridge PNG thing is like fucking magic. That's, That's so cool. crazy to yeah. me. Um, all right. You got anything else you want to bring up before we? No, I think that's a solid show. Solid show. Yeah. So uh, listen to uh, all the other Destructobox shows. There's a new one. Destructobox? Oh, whatever. Explosive Magic Ocean. <laughs> I'm looking at your Destructobox oh. picture, <laughs> and my brain can't do two things. We're looking and speaking. You got is that the brain thing. thing. I got that bad brain thing. Listen to all the other Explosive Magico shows. There's a new Explosive Magico show on the network. Do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, it's an explosive movie show. You're going to be on the next one, episode yeah, three. Yeah, I guessed uh, it. Yeah, it's 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 a fun time. It's sync. It's a syncable commentary, like a live watch. So, but you're picking movies that everyone can find pretty easy. Yeah, they're pretty. They're not like top tier, so they're <laughs> they're YouTubeable. It yeah. turns out. Um, we we did nothing but trouble for the second one. Um, a long time ago, Kyle and I recorded the Masters of the Universe. So it's that kind of 80s, 90s, schlocky uh, action comedy horror stuff, uh, which is really fun to watch if you're not taking it serious. Yeah. And, um, and just so it's a commentary track by people who didn't make the movie. Exactly. So we're not like writing jokes ahead of time. We're just turning the movie on and recording like as we watch it, which is it's pretty fun. Well, so subscribe to the uh, Explosive Magico feed. You can get this show and all those shows. Also, we have our solo feed where we have some other bonus stuff we've recorded a while ago some video and we'll get up eventually of gameplay stuff mm-hmm. um so subscribe to that you should know. record bloody boobs at some point <laughs> yeah okay so little teaser <laughs> that kind of stuff will be on the solo feed so subscribe to both um give us ratings on itunes preferably five stars preferably it's it's free for you but it helps us at least get exposure for more people to listen um, send us letters at wazpod at gmail.com. You can post on the message board, or yeah, basically message board through Steam, which is the Wazpod group. Which we use the curator once in a while. We'll throw some stuff on there because we can't talk about everything on the show. Yeah. And our Twitter is at wazpod. Um, you can you know, tweet at us and we'll respond. We haven't been posting as much lately, but um, we do post stuff, and especially we'll mention stuff in the show and say, we're going to post this on the Twitter, and, and we have, actually. It's <laughs> yeah. not like the other shows. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, What are you fucking saying? What are you trying to say? <laughs> well, we're not blackout drunk when we're making this show. I'll right, just say right. that. <laughs> so um, look for that. There's going to be more shirts up on the Exploso Magico website, so subscribe to the... the uh, you, got, you got something to say about that new shirt? Oh, God. It's so gross. <laughs> it's so gross. If, I'm very happy. Yeah. <laughs> Joey told me he's like, "Oh, I finished the flesh ball." And I was like, "Ugh. <laughs> I don't want to know what you're talking about." Skin ball, please. Skin ball. Ugh. ugh. <laughs> but buy that if you want to. Buy I that guess. if you want that out. It's it's real good. <laughs> I'm going to work on that was one next. Yeah, so any anything else to talk about? Uh, I think I'm good. If you if you get that uh, tower fall, let us know. Ari, sign us out. Um Oh, God. Dead cat. That's a thing that you put on a microphone. I learned that today. Have a good one, guys. Bye.